Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You are now watching Believe. Do you believe? Welcome in to Believe on Believe in Jaguars. That's my second time in a row screwing up the intro here. But we're happy y'all are here. I'm Jordan DeLugo, joined by former Jaguars tight end Clay Harbor, local media star in Chicago, appearing on uh, the radio in Jacksonville, the news in Chicago. He's all over the place. Happy to have him here. Uh, The Jaguars, they head out to the Pacific Coast to rumble with the Chargers in the City of Angels this weekend, a matchup between Two of the best young quarterbacks in the game today, if Justin Herbert is able to play for the Chargers with the rib cartilage injury. Uh, Jacksonville's Trevor Lawrence coming off the best game of his career. We're going to dive into all of it right now. Clay, happy Friday, man. Happy to be here with you. Happy Friday. I'm looking forward to this week. I think we can get another Jags win, and we'll talk about that more today. But I love some of these matchups. I think it's going to be a good week for us. Let's go. Duval, gotta get a good Duval in to start start the show here. I love it. Um, I just want to say, like, to start this conversation off, not a lot of the franchises that the Jaguars face on a weekly basis. I'm just like enamored with what they're doing, but the Chargers are one of those teams. Yeah, I love a lot of what they're doing between Brandon Staley, his philosophy as a leader, as a as a schemer on defense and then all of these pieces that they've put together personnel wise justin herbert obviously one of the best young quarterbacks in football rayshon slater zion johnson they got in the draft this year at guard those receivers keenan allen and mike williams austin eckler out of the backfield bosa khalil mack derwin freaking james jc jackson asante samuel bryce allen it's just crazy how much talent and um, jordan all that that they've put together you're getting you're getting me nervous here, man. Naming all these guys, it's a great team, but now you know I'm I'm thinking like, man, maybe I have to go back to the drawing board as high as I am on the uh, on the Jaguars, man. They've done such a great job; it's it's truly impressive. And you know they're a contender; they're a Super Bowl contender, legitimately. It's going to be a great test this week, and I'm excited for it because you know what? I think we're the best team in the AFC South. I think we're a contender too, Jordan. I think we're a contender. Well, and more importantly than what we think, inside that building they're bought in and they believe they're a contender. And that's the critical thing, right? Buying into the coaching, believing in what the coaching is doing for you and believing in your own talent and focusing inward instead of outward. They're focusing on what they need to do to be the best they can be versus who they're playing on a given week. Of course, they're game planning, they're scheming, all that stuff, but they're focusing on what they need to do versus, you know, oh my God, we're going against Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. What are we going to do? It's not that type of approach at all. So we'll see how it plays out. But I think the chess match here between Doug Peterson, the offensive mastermind, Brandon Staley, the defensive schemer, who a lot of people have been copying what he's been doing over the last few years. And of course, it stems back to Vic Fangio as well with that cover two shell stuff. But I think that matchup between between Peterson and Staley, when the Jaguars offense is on the field, the Chargers defense is on the field, I think it's going to be must-see TV. I'm really excited to break it down. Absolutely, it's must-see must TV. And here's the part that that worries me, is this team has gotten three extra days to prepare for the Jaguars. It's something people aren't talking about. 
That matters. You play that Thursday. I used to love Thursday night football game. You know why? Not because I'm playing in the short week. Because the following week, all those bumps and bruises healed. You get more time to study the opponent. Puts you in a better position. They're coming off of this game a big win. The Chargers are coming off of a tough loss. Got 10 days to, to prepare for the Jaguars. They're sitting at home watching the Jaguars play on Sunday, taking their notes on the NFL broadcast. They come back the next day. They watch the film. It's a big advantage. So if the Jaguars can, can pull one out this week, you will know that they are for real. Because this is a playoff team. This is a team that some people picked to have it going to the Super Bowl. Some yeah. people have Justin Herbert as the top three quarterback in the NFL. We'll get to our thoughts on that later. But yep. they have the extra time to prepare, and that's that's big. As a player, you're rested. You get more time to look at the opponent, and you're just ready to go. You're chomping at the bit to get back out there on the field. Remember, man, I miss football. You know, sometimes the week comes fast, and in Thursday game, you're like, man, let me get back out there. We've been practicing too long. I want to play some football right now. So that's a big deal, too, if the Jaguars can pull this thing out. Keep it close. Win in the end. To me, that shows it. Hey, we're competitors. We're contenders. Yeah, for me, as long as they don't lay an egg in this game, I think you can feel pretty good about it because a lot of the things you just said, the Chargers, they have the advantage in terms of preparation time. That extra couple days, you can really glean some extra information, some extra studying out of that couple days because the NFL, it is such a time crunch, like you said. If you're finishing a game Sunday afternoon, you're not doing anything really that night besides reviewing some of the game film, reviewing some more game film in the morning, and then you're off to the next team getting ready for it. And especially traveling to the West Coast, you know, the Chargers get to stay home. They've been home since Thursday night, Friday morning, uh, and they've just been getting ready for this football game. Now, Brandon Staley, he's coming off a game in which – he wasn't really at his best as a head coach. He had some, some conservative calls that people didn't like. Also had a coaching decision that led to a pick six, uh, keeping Gerald Everett on the field when he's begging to come off of it. And he took full ownership of that. I think Brandon Staley's the type of coach, when he knows he made a mistake, he's going to own it. But I think that's going to motivate him to be even better the next week in terms of his preparation, his play calling, all of the things that he's doing as a head coach. So um, getting a, a team in the Chargers that is going to be extra motivated coming off a loss, it's a little worrisome. Absolutely. And um, I, I know Joe Lombardi, the offensive coordinator, he, uh, he, he used to coach for the Eagles back in the day. He's a good guy, good coach, and Doug Peterson knows him. So these are, these are two guys going against each other. Mike Caldwell knows him. These guys are all in the similar uh, – they've, they've crossed paths at some point in their coaching career. So that's going to be interesting too. Joe Lombardi versus Dave versus Mike Caldwell. Excuse me. I want to see what that's about. Hopefully What's Dave Caldwell's not calling the defenses, right? Yeah, I hope Dave Caldwell <laughs> can sneak back into the building and start calling the defensive plays for the Jaguars. But uh, I think Mike Caldwell's coming off of a he, – he's pitched a shutout. He's feeling great about himself. You know, he's confident – Five sacks, Trayvon Walker's playing well, getting pressure. Josh Allen, the only player in the NFL with two force fumbles and two sacks. Come on now. Mm -hmm. Mike Caldwell's feeling good. There's going to be more of that coming. So what's Joe Lombardi going to do? He's got this quarterback that's one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Can Mike Caldwell get pressure on him? To me, that's huge. He doesn't want to throw pressure in his face. He's got fractured rib cartilage. 
Right. You know how tough that, you know, that is extremely painful. Throughout my career, I've had a couple of teammates that had fractured rib cartilage. And they weren't having to throw the ball every time. So this is a tough injury to play with. If you get pressure on this guy's face, he's going to feel it. To me, you got to get pressure. If you can't get it with the front, with the front four, you got to start blitzing a little bit. So that's a big key for me. Get pressure on the quarterback. He's not going to be as mobile as he usually is. He's got fractured rib cartilage. Get pressure on him. That's going to affect the game. He's going to throw up some balls. He had three picks last week. Let's get a couple more. Now you can follow Clay on Twitter at ClayHarbs82. Follow myself at Jordan DeLugo. Make sure to subscribe and review if you enjoy the show. Believe in Jaguars on your favorite podcast platform of choice. All right. Looking at the injuries, we got to start there because that's going to really determine, obviously, who's on the field, who's not, who's feeling good, who's not. You talked about Justin Herbert. We expect him to play with the rib injury, the rib cartilage injury, but pain management, if he's taking hits, um, how 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 does that impact his game? How does it impact the Chargers' game plan on offense? Do they get him moving? Do they not get him moving? Are they just trying to um, get the ball out of his hands as quick as possible? Are they trying to run the ball more? How is that going to impact their game plan? Is going to be huge. Um, no question about it. And the crazy thing about ribs, too, that's kind of the strike zone for tacklers against quarterbacks. You're not allowed to go high. You're not allowed to go low. The ribs is right in that strike zone, and you don't want to hurt someone intentionally, but the rules of the league are giving you no choice but to hit him in that area. Yeah, and it's like a boxer, man. When you see a guy's got a swollen face, you know you always see the opponent going after that spot, that swollen part, is because you want to win. But I don't think that's what the Jaguars are about. But that's the only place you can tackle these guys is below is below the neck and above the knees. So you got to go for it. And I hope nobody gets hurt. But I think that's going to be something that is on Herbert's mind is the fact that. Hey, I might get tackled in, you know, in a tough spot. And I think they have a capable backup. Chase Daniels, I mean, he's made a lot of money as a backup in this league. I played with him on the New Orleans Saints. He's a smart guy. He's meticulous. He studies like crazy. So he's going to know the game plan. He will know where the ball is supposed to be. Obviously, he's not as physically talented as Justin Herbert. But I don't think it's as far of a drop-off as some people think. Obviously, Justin Herbert's way better than Chase Daniel. But Chase Daniel knows the game plan. He knows where the ball is supposed to go. He knows how to hand these balls off and get everybody in position. So even if Herbert doesn't play, this will be a tough game, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that Chase Daniel can do a lot of the stuff within the structure of the offense. It's when Herbert makes those plays above the rim, beyond the X's and O's. Chase Daniel's not going to be doing that for you. And that's part of what makes Justin Herbert so special. He does operate the offense at a high level as well like Chase Daniel would be able to do, but he just goes above and beyond at times and uh, does some incredible things on the field. So his health going into the game, um, throughout the game, it's going to be critical. It's going to be a critical factor in the outcome of this game. They've got some other injuries they're dealing with, though, too, here. Keenan Allen did not play against the Chiefs. He has a hamstring injury. He's been limited in practice both days this week. You expect him to be able to play. Donald Parham. He hasn't played yet this season with a hamstring. He's been limited both days. He's trying to make his way back. The tight end, who's their best blocking tight end. Trey Pipkins, their starting right tackle. He uh, had to exit the game against the Chiefs on Thursday night. He has a foot injury. He's been limited 
then you look at JC Jackson. He did play against the Chiefs. He has, according to the Chargers, residual soreness in his ankle. And I, yeah, fully expect him to play. The biggest one I'm looking at. Yeah. Outside of Justin Herbert, center Corey Lindsley, one of the best starting centers in football. He's dealing with a knee injury. He exited the game against the Chiefs as well. He has not participated in practice in, uh, to this point in the week. If, if you're down a starting center, and especially one with Corey Lindsley's capability and, and talent against this Jaguars defensive front, that could be worrisome if you're a Chargers fan. Very worrisome because – the center, besides the quarterback, is the only guy on the team that touches the ball every play. There's there's something to be said for having you know a consistent offensive line, but there's even more to be said for having a consistent center, a guy that you're used to taking snaps from. It's going to feel different for the quarterback if if he's not playing. And the Ohio State product has shown that he's one of the better cornerbacks in the league, and he can run block, he can pass block, and he's an all around great player. I think the interior Jags defense. We'll have a big, we'll have a big opportunity if he doesn't play. Fadukasi, I think we got a couple guys in there that can really get some pressure on on the quarterback, and especially coming from if interior pressure to me on a game like this, when the quarterback's injured, he's got is more important than the than the outside pressure, the pressure along the outside because he's gonna want to run right now. He's want to take those hits. He wants to sit in the pocket and get the ball out. So if you can get some interior pressure on Herbert, that would be huge. Yeah, I mean, thinking about it, that could be the worst possible scenario for a quarterback that's injured, like you said. Yeah. I'm, I'm in full agreement with you there. And looking at the Jaguars side of things, for the second week in a row, zero injuries to report. Knock on wood, they're able to stay healthy, but I've never seen anything like this. We talked about last week never seeing anything like it for one week, much less two weeks in a row. It's impressive, man. And that just shows you that Doug Peterson ran a tough, physical, hard training camp. Because if you're not conditioned, you're going to get hurt when you when you get out there and the bullets start flying. Doug challenged these guys. They played every game like it's the game. One of Doug's things I heard him say that I thought was really cool when I was out there, you never fall back or you, you never rise to the occasion. You fall back to the level of your training. And they train like they're going to play. So they're, they're playing like it's a game, and they just transfer that on over. So nothing's new for them when they're on the field on Sunday. They're playing every week, practicing every week like it's a game, and you love to see that. So that's what gives me – that's what makes me think that, you know, this team is going to stay healthy all year, knock, knock on wood. Yeah, and you're never going to be fully healthy all season long. But if you can yeah. avoid a season where the Jaguars over the last several years, it just seems like they have – really been hit hard by injuries at times. And um, if you're able to avoid that for the most part, that's huge. We'll see if they can continue on this way. But I agree with you on the point of, you know, you win the game Monday through Friday. Sunday, you just go out and get the job done that you've been doing all week. Um, yep. So I'm with you there. I like it. Now, looking at the Chargers. Defensively, I think we talked about this matchup. Both matchups between um, play callers are, are fascinating. Like we said, Brandon Staley versus Doug Peterson, Mike Caldwell versus versus Joe Lombardi. But looking at the Chargers defense versus the Jaguars offense to start, the Chargers defense, they want to force you to throw the ball. They want to pin their ears back. They want to get you in third and long. 
in order to do that, they either have to play with a lead or stop the run. They really struggled to stop the run in 2021. They've improved a little bit so far this year. They had the one long Clyde Edwards-Alaire run last week kind of has skewed their stats. Uh, But outside of that, I think they're averaging like 3.4 yards per carry allowed on defense. So they're doing a better job against the run, doing a better job forcing some of these teams um, to throw the football. Uh, and, And when you look at both of the games they've played so far, they got out to an early lead against the Raiders. They got out to an early lead against the Chiefs. They weren't able to close out the Chiefs, but they've started the games the way they've wanted to for the most part. The Jaguars need to do a good job of, keeping themselves in manageable down and distance and in a good game script early in this one. Yeah, I think that that's important. I think, I think both teams need to establish the run once for the chargers. Cause they, they usually lean on Justin Herbert. I'm not sure they're going to be able to do that. I, they got to establish the run and take some of the pressure off of him to make all these plays. Cause he's not going to be able to do the same types of things that, that he's used to doing He's just not, he's got, fractured rib cartilage. And then on Trevor Lawrence, he's going against a tough defense. Derwin James, Nick Bosa, and come on, Khalil Mack, these guys can rush the passer. What's the way to negate and to offset a good pass rush? you got to run the football. And we got two two guys that are great at that. we got James Robinson and Travis Etienne. Not as much success last week rushing the football, but they stuck to it. You stick to it. We did have James Robinson pop that one long 30-yard run for a touchdown. I think you got to stick to run the football, run the football, and set up everything after that. I don't want to see Trevor Lawrence with four pass attempts. He had 30 attempts last week. Perfect. Keep him around 25 to 30 pass attempts and pound the rock with Robinson and ETN and get the, and, and get the ball around to all your playmakers. You saw Marvin Jones had catches. Zay Jones had catches. Christian Kirk had catches. Evan Ingram. Jamal Agnew had a chance to score a big-time touchdown. I mean, come on, you got to make that play. I think you'll make that play this week. So it's a tough play, but it's one you got to make, right? You got to make tough play. You got to make that play. But to me, huge deal. Both teams must pound the rock this week, run the football. Yeah, I'm with you 100% there. Um, and the Chargers have struggled to run the ball so far. They haven't really placed a huge emphasis on it. They've been throwing it a lot, as you mentioned, with Justin Herbert. But if they can't run the ball, and the Jaguars' run defense has been stout. That's been one of the strengths of the team so far. It could spell trouble because when you look at what the Jaguars have been able to do defensively when they're when they're stopping the run, which they have in both games this year, they're leading the NFL in turnover differential. They're forcing turnovers because teams are throwing the football. And uh, I think that is interesting. But getting back to the Jags' offense versus the Chargers' defense, setting the table for some of the fans, what you're going to see from the Chargers here. Coverage-wise, I think they're going to show you a ton of different looks. They're going to try to confuse you both pre- and post-snap. You know, sometimes you're going to see Derwin James looking like he's going to blitz, but then he'll drop into coverage and vice versa, looking like he's in coverage and then he's going to blitz. And you've got to know where he is every single play because he'll line up on the edge as a pass rusher. He'll line up at linebacker, he'll line up in the slot, he'll play safety, he'll do it all. And yeah. so I think they're just going to try to confuse you with their coverage looks quite a bit in this one. Yeah, Tre- Trevor's still a young guy. I think Derwin James, that's what he's going to try to do. And, you know, the Chargers have been decent. They only gave him 93 yards last week rushing the ball to the Chiefs. 
the Chiefs only ran the ball 18 times. Right. They averaged 5.2 yards per clip. Run the ball more. Everybody, if you had Patrick Mahomes, you know, you don't really need to do that. He's the best quarterback in the league, in my opinion. And obviously, we know Trevor Lawrence is is a great player, but I don't think he's he's Patrick Mahomes. But J.C. Jackson, Bosa, Samuel, Santi Samuel Jr. I played with. Is is he Asante Samuel's son? Yeah, that's yes, crazy. Because I played with Asante Samuel. How old is Asante Samuel? Because that's crazy. Hey, he, he was getting it in early. Apparently, you have a kid. You have a kid <laughs> twenty-four years old playing in the NFL. I'm like Asante, I don't even have a kid yet. We're playing together. So, I don't know how old Asante Samuel Sr. is. That's a great question. Yeah, I think it was an early uh, an early kid right there. But, I mean, they have a great defense. And they do a great job of mixing it up. I think, like you said, James has a little bit of uh, has a little bit of Troy Palomalu in him, the way he mixes stuff up. It confuses the quarterback. So can Trevor handle that? Can Trevor see through all the different looks they're giving? Can he see where he's lining up and what he's actually going to do? Can he read his keys? That's going to be important to see. Yeah, and I think from a coverage standpoint, the Chargers incredibly talented, as we mentioned. Derwin James will play all over the football field. Um, J.C. Jackson is one of the best cover corners in football. Asante Samuel Jr. is a very good young football player. Rice Callahan is one of the best slot defenders in the league. They've got talent back there, um, but when I – when I look at them, I do kind of think they're going to have a similar to a, approach to what the commanders had in week one from a coverage standpoint, because the commanders, they were mixing things up a lot back there too. The beautiful thing about this offense and Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence is I think that they're going to have a, a good plan for each team that they face. It's about execution. And yeah, I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about Doug. Not he's going to have a contingency for everything. For me, the most important matchup this week, offensively at least, is Jawan Taylor and you know Cam Robinson. Are they going to be able to hold up against Khalil Mack and and Nick Bosa? I mean, those are two. That's a prime time matchup right there. We invest a lot into Cam. Jawan has a big has a big. He's got a big effort in front of him. Got a big competition here. If those two guys, and I believe in those two guys, you know, there's been some ups and downs there. But I think they can hang. I think they can hold up against these two defensive ends. And if they can, if you give Trevor Lawrence time, those defense is good. I know Patrick Mahomes didn't shred him. But if you give this defense time, I think Trevor can move the ball against him. He's got the weapons. He can spread it around. There's not one guy you can key in against the, the Jaguars. That's why I love this right. offense so much. You got all these receivers, these running backs, all these guys. If you can protect Trevor – He's going to get the ball to him. So I'm excited. I can't wait to see what happens here. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm with you there. You mentioned Bosa and Mack, how that's such a big test for those offensive tackles, and it really is. They're two of the best edge rushers in the game, and for me, I think that's the best edge rushing duo in football right now. I, I can't think of another duo that I would I would uh, rank above them. The Come on, Jordan. Is- what about Trayvon Walker and Josh and Josh Allen? <laughs> They've been doing it for a long, long time. They got to prove it. Josh Allen and Trayvon got to prove it. And they have been. They have looked like one of the best so far. And yeah. I, I completely agree with you. But they got a long way to go before they're, they're above Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. And, hey, right. 
this is an opportunity for them to come out and put a stamp on it. Say, hey, we belong in that conversation. We belong at the top of the league. And if they do that, props to them, absolutely. Um, but looking at that defensive front, um, they do not run the games and twists and stunts up front that the commanders did in week one that gave the Jaguars offensive line such an issue in pass protection. They have certainly many different looks that they will give you up front with that front four. They'll get all spread out. They'll get condensed. They'll do a lot of different things, but they don't have the twist stunts games and all that. I wonder if the Jaguars offensive line will be more effective than they were in week one and pass protection because it's not as confusing up front. Yeah, it's going to be much better, especially for those interior guys, you know, Luke Fortner, Barch. I think those are younger guys that, that struggle with some of those games and, and Fortner needs, you know, he needs still needs some experience there and uh, he's not great at passing off those games yet. And I think uh, it'll be a good week. They'll still see some, but you won't see the amount that you saw against the, against the commander. So I love the fact that they're not as much of a, confuse me team and they're just we're going to beat you physically team so I think that kind of plays into the Jaguars hand yeah I think it does too um sorry the wife's calling in does she not know what we're doing right now yeah come unbelievable on, <laughs> it's all good all right so um the run defense as we mentioned I do think the Jaguars can establish the run, as you said before. I would be testing that early and often, kind yeah. of, and I would I would use James Robinson early and often in that inside zone gap stuff, power stuff. I, I think you test their interior of their defensive line. I don't think the Chargers defense necessarily has a big weakness, but the biggest question is the interior of the defensive line, in my opinion, when you talk about running the football. You know, the Chargers have only gotten, I mean, against the Raiders, the Raiders only rushed the ball 13 times. And so total, I mean, they've got 32 rush attempts against them all season so far. So I really want to test them. And the Raiders averaged 4.9 yards per carry. They had so much success throwing the ball that week. You know, obviously Derek Carr is a good quarterback at 295 yards, but he threw three picks. So this defense, this defense can make some plays. Devontae Adams had 10 catches for 141 yards. There's yards to be had, but this defense can make plays. They can take the ball away. They had three interceptions week one. They played tough against Pat Mahomes. Derek Carr, Pat Mahomes were the first two quarterbacks they played against, and they held up pretty well. So Trevor Lawrence, it's a big game for him to see if he's in that stratosphere. Can he be in that conversation with a guy like Derek Carr, Pat Mahomes? Obviously, I think Pat Mahomes is, is, a lot of, is, is very far ahead of Derek Carr, but I think Trevor – is heading to that type of elite status. And I think this will be a great test for him to see what he can do against a defense like the Chargers. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It's a fascinating matchup. Um, I don't think that traveling to the West Coast is going to be an issue for a Doug Peterson coach team. I think they're going to be focused and locked in and, and give us some must-see TV, as we mentioned before. Yeah. Flipping sides of the ball. Jaguars – Defense, Chargers, offense. Again, you mentioned Mike Caldwell, Jaguars defensive coordinator, Joe Lombardi, Chargers offensive coordinator, and play caller. Offensively, so far, the Chargers, and they did this a lot last year and talking about where Joe Lombardi comes from, spent a lot of time in New Orleans as well. They're dinking and dunking you to death um, and trying to 
methodically move the ball down the field. You're getting screens to running backs, screens to tight ends. Uh, you're running a lot of stick, which is a lot of time you're just hitting the short guy, the flat guy. A lot of option routes that are just if you're against if you're against zone, you're going to sit right there about five yards downfield in the hole. If you're against man, you'll keep it moving a little bit, and then they'll take these shots at times. But it's mostly the short game stuff, matriculating the ball down the football field. I'm yeah. interested to see how that plays against the Jags. Yeah, Herbert. I mean, you look you look at him against the the Las Vegas Raiders, 129 rating, 26 of 34, 280 yards, three touchdowns, and he spread the ball around greatly. Keenan Allen, four for 66. Carter, four for four for 64. Everett, three for 54. Austin Eckler, four for 36. So he's got a lot of weapons. The Jaguars as a whole are going to have to stop all these players. So it comes down to – in my opinion, can you get pressure? And if you can get interior pressure, force him to move out the pocket, which he doesn't want to do right now. Usually that's one of his strengths, his athletic ability, his movement. Right now he's got fractured rib cartilage, guys. That is that is a tough injury to play with. And we're assuming he's going to play. And if you can get him moving out the pocket and uncomfortable, I think you could take away some of these weapons. Yeah, one thing that does concern me about their passing attack or – yeah, you can say concern. Herbert gets through his reads incredibly quick. He is moving through them so fast. He can get the ball out really quickly, and I think that's going to be their game plan this week. So that means every single player that's in coverage for the Jaguars has to be uh, has to be on their assignment, has to be playing at a high level, or, or Herbert is going to find the open man, and he's going to find it quickly. Yeah, absolutely. I think um... – Big big game for these defensive backs, and I think they're up for it. After last week, they have a lot of confidence coming into the game. Matt Ryan, he's not a slouch, and obviously Michael Pittman Jr. wasn't playing. Matt Ryan's been playing this game, and he's been successful for a long time. So he's not a slouch. The Jaguars showed what they could do against a good quality quarterback. Now you got to take another step. Herbert's one of the best in the league. So can you do it against him? If you can do it against him, if Mike Caldwell can put together a good game plan against him, they start to really turn some heads around the entire league. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Now looking at the running game, they do have Austin Eckler who has shredded the Jaguars in the past. Different Jaguars football team though. No question about it. They're really good against the run right now. The chargers are struggling to run the football again. If the chargers cannot run the ball and you force them to throw the ball down the field, that's when you can really start to take advantage with this pass rush like the Jaguars did last week. How do you see that matchup playing out between the chargers rushing attack and the Jaguars run defense? Austin Eckler, they've been handing to him early and often, but he just hasn't been able to get anything going. He's 14th in the league in attempts with 28, but he's 35th in the league with 75 yards. And he's 48th, averaging 2.7 yards per carry. This Jaguars defense, obviously these linebackers, we put a lot of money in this linebacker core. We got a couple of young guys back there, but I think it's a good blend. So how's Devin Lloyd going to do? How are, these, how are these interior defensive linemen going to do this week? So it's a, big, it's a big deal for them. Can you stop the run? Can you continue to make them one-dimensional? Because if, if this is a two-dimensional team, you have to stop the run and the pass, it's hard to do. Honestly, it's it's pretty much impossible to be able to do that against a team like like the Chargers. So got to make them one dimensional. You got to keep Eckler averaging in the two yards per carry range, so they can't run the ball every down. 
and then you're going to have a good chance to stop and injure Justin Herbert. Yeah. And speaking of all of this, you know, stopping Justin Herbert, stopping Austin Eckler, offensive line play is going to be critical for them. You're only as good as your weakest link at sometimes uh, if you're facing a defense that knows how to take advantage. If you don't have Corey Lindsley at center, you're going to have a backup center. You're going to have Matt Filer at right guard, who has not been great so far this year. You're going to have a rookie in Zion Johnson, who I think is a tremendous young football player, but he's still a rookie going against a defensive front that's going to do a lot of things to try to confuse you, has a lot of different talented pieces up front. Um, I think that matchup is going to be critical. I think the Jaguars' defensive front has to beat the Chargers' offensive line in order for this to be a competitive football game. If Adam, if if Lindsley's out, Adam Gostis, Fadokasi, Devon Hamilton, these guys are going to have to have big games. And then the run game, obviously, Devin Lloyd, he's going to have to stop the run. He's not, he's going to have a big big matchup against Eckler. Leads rookies and tackles. Yeah, leads rookies and tackles. He can do it. He's been looking good. Foyer Alukalun, Alukalun. I, I have so much trouble with his name, Jordan. Can you hit that one for me? Let's just go with Foyer, but it is Alukalun. Alukalun. Foyer Alukalun. I think he's been playing well. He's the quarterback of that defense. Mm-hmm. He's a smart, cerebral guy, and I think he's one of the biggest reasons the Jaguars' defense has had some success because he knows where to, what to put these guys in and how to do it. He's a really smart guy. Then, obviously – I mean, the safeties, you know, Jenkins, Rashawn Jenkins got to come up and, um, and, and play big in the run game when they do run. But it's going to be a tough matchup with the receivers, especially if you got Keenan Allen on the field, Mike Williams on the field. And uh, you make them one-dimensional, you can focus more on that pass game. So it's going to be big. Yeah, it is. And uh, we've talked about it. I think the bottom line is what does Justin Herbert look like? I think that's going to be so huge in determining the outcome of this game. Um, but we're not going to really know until it's Sunday and the game has started. We're not going to know how he's going to look now. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Let's get into our keys to victory. Uh, Do you want to lead us off here? I think we've been saying it, but I think first we got to make him one dimensional. We've got to stop the run. Austin Eckler, Devin Lloyd. I I think he's got to, uh, he's got to show up. Foyer has to show up and they got to stop the run and these big defensive linemen. Stop throwing, make them one-dimensional, and then get some pressure, some interior pressure on the pass plays. So you want to make Justin Herbert escape the pocket when he doesn't on a week he actually doesn't want to. Yeah. Now the Jaguars, they haven't won on the road since 2019. 18 straight road losses. No way. Yes way. I'm about to tweet yes that. Yes way. And the last time they did win on the road was – the closing of the Oakland Coliseum. They sent them out on a sour note. The Raiders moving to Vegas there. But uh, I think, as I mentioned before, these players just have to execute the game plan that is there for them. These coaches, Doug Peterson, Mike Caldwell, Press Taylor, they're going to put them in situations to succeed. They're not going to be out coached for an entire game. They're going to give you opportunities to find success. You have to go out and execute, which they've struggled to do on the road. You know, Trevor Lawrence, I believe at home is now four and six as the Jaguars quarterback, despite having what looked like a horrendous rookie year. He's almost 500 at home Uh, on the road has not won a game yet. This Jaguars team needs to be able to handle crowd noise. They need to be able to handle going into a foreign environment 
Um, they did not play disciplined football in week one, pre-snap penalties, offsides, false starts, pre-snap motion, uh, illegal formation, all that type of stuff. You've got to be able to execute pre-snap on the road and, and opposing crowds can make that difficult. So I think that's going to be critical for them. Absolutely. Love it. Love it. You got anything else on keys to victory here? I've got a yeah, I got one thing to look at. Yeah, I got one more, and that's uh, I mean, I think you gotta you gotta establish the run, and obviously everybody loves how Trevor Lawrence has been playing, but establish the run game, keep giving James Robinson some opportunities, keep the defense honest, uh, give give Travis Etienne some plays in the run game as well, keep the defense honest, and that's gonna open up the pass game. So for me, establish the run, make sure that these defensive ends, Bosa. And um, Khalil Mack can't just tee off on our offensive tackle. So establish the run, keep a good balance, and not just throw the ball too much. Yeah, I hear you there 100%. I think looking at a very specific area of this game where the Jaguars' offensive coaching staff, Doug Peterson, Press Taylor, Jim Bob Cooter, and Mike McCoy can take advantage of the Chargers' defense, Kyle Van Noy does a lot of good things. He's very yeah. good moving forward. He is not the best athlete at linebacker. He has had 28 coverage snaps so far in 2022 for the Chargers. If you can get him matched up with Christian Kirk or Travis Etienne, it is a big play waiting to happen. And I think the Jaguars coaching staff will have a chance to to get that done um, in this one because I saw the Raiders do it. The Raiders scored a touchdown on it. I think the Jaguars can do the same thing. Van Noy used to be a defensive end. I played with him in New England. He doesn't feel comfortable out there at middle linebacker, so I agree. Yeah. And then my final thing, keep forcing turnovers. You are leading the league in turnover differential. I know it's easy to say this, but that is a key to victory every single week. Um, Justin Herbert has taken care of the football for the most part throughout his career, and uh, it's going to be a test to get him – to force these these bad throws to get him uncomfortable, but you got to do it. You got to keep forcing turnovers, and if you win the turnover battle, you're you know probably going to win the game. That's just how yeah. it goes. The number one correlation between winning teams is the turnover battle. When you look at every game, so I 100% agree with you there, Jordan. Turnovers are huge. Yep. Now we're going to play a new game we haven't played before. Fill in the blank. Trevor Lawrence is a top blank quarterback in the NFL right now? I'm going to say he's a, he's a top he's a top 12 right now, and I think he's got uh, the potential before the season's over to move into that top eight or nine uh, category. Um, but he's playing well. He's in the top. He's in the upper echelon of, uh, of quarterbacks, and I'll even say 11 just so I can say he's a top third, you know, obviously 10, mm-hmm. 11, 32 teams, not 33. He's in the top third of uh, the quarterbacks in this league. He's played well. PFF has him graded, I think, around 15 or so. But I think he's had some big-time drops. He had two touchdown passes dropped. You you get him those completions and you put those on his statistics, two touchdowns, to add on everything he's done already. And the fact that he's it's his second year, it's his first year in an offense, and he's still playing this well, I think he's in the upper third of uh, of quarterbacks. You know, I was going to say top 12 as well. That's exactly what I was going to say. I think he has proven now 
And I know it's only been two games, but we saw a lot of the good stuff last year. It just wasn't really manifesting itself with the problems going on around Trevor Lawrence. I have him ahead of the guys like Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins. That's where he is, right ahead of those guys right now. And, uh, you know, right behind some others that you look at that, I do think he could jump. Like, I do think he could jump Dak Prescott. I think he could jump Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, players like that um, this season. And I think he's just got to keep stacking it, got to keep believing in what Doug is is dialing up for him, and he will do that and just execute. Read the defense, execute, don't force footballs, uh, let the game come to you. Uh, So, yeah, I think we're both on the same page with Trevor Lawrence. Now, let's flip it. Justin Herbert is a top blank quarterback in the NFL. When he's healthy, I think he's a top five quarterback. So I, I think that's uh, I think that's easy right there. I think he's he's just so dynamic. He can run the ball. He can throw the ball. He's big. He's strong. He's got a big arm. So you know, overall, I think uh, I think Herbert's a great player. But we're catching him on a week that he's got some fractured ribs. So I think that plays into our hand a little bit. We get some pressure up the middle on him. I think that'll be good. Yeah, I agree. I think he is a top three quarterback right now. Um, I have him behind Mahomes. I have him just behind Josh Allen. And I have him right there at three. I think the argument there would be Aaron Rodgers ahead of him. Aaron Rodgers. I didn't, I, I didn't prepare you for this. Aaron Rodgers or Justin Herbert, if you had to take the field fully healthy tomorrow. Um, tomorrow, I'm, I think I'm still going with Aaron Rodgers, man. He's just done it for so long. Herbert's right there with him. But, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is, is a guy that's just done it over and over, over again. And is, trust me, I hate the Packers. I'm from Chicago. I'm a Bears fan by, by trade. That's a team that I grew up watching every single Sunday. I was bred to hate the Packers. But Aaron Rodgers, I mean, I've, been, I've seen a lot of him. And he's still getting it done. Obviously, slow start for him this season, but uh, doesn't got many weapons. But Aaron Rodgers, here, everything else is the same. I'm going with him. Okay, fair enough. I'm taking Herbert. I just think he can do a little bit more for you. And I think he's become surgical with his ability to read the field. And I think, yeah. uh, you know, it's it's really difficult to, you know, split hairs between those top guys. I'm glad that we do still both have Mahomes at one, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's still at the top. Allen's knocking on that door, and uh, Tom Brady probably has something to say about our about your top five. I will say right there. Goodness, yeah, Tommy B. I, I have him at. I would have him at five behind those four guys we just talked about. Yeah. Um, but he's he's still playing really good football as well. All right. Before we get into the bold predictions, there's something I wanted to bring up just because I've been thinking about it this week. And I think it's a really big opportunity to have a statement game, but not just because, you know, you're going out to the West Coast playing a team that everybody loves. The Jaguars and Chargers have so many similarities, in my opinion. And it's not one-to-one similarities, but similar thing. You have Brandon Staley, who is a beloved head coach. He's a defensive coach, but he's a beloved guy that gets complete buy-in from his teams. Doug Peterson, same exact thing. Justin Herbert, phenomenal young quarterback. Trevor Lawrence, same exact thing. You have talent on both sides of the football, but it looks like the Chargers are just one year ahead. Brandon Staley, second year as his as the Chargers head coach. Justin Herbert, 
third year as their quarterback. Um, and of course, Doug Peterson, first year head coach with the Jaguars, second year for Trevor Lawrence. It looks like the Chargers are just a year ahead of the Jaguars. And so this is an opportunity for the Jaguars to say, not so fast. We are not a year behind this football team. We're right there. No, I like that. I think you're, you're right on with that. And I think the Jaguars are pretty much on that same trajectory, but I'm even more excited for the Jaguars than the Chargers because, man, these weapons are really fun to watch, and they got a lot of young players, man. I am so excited for this team, and uh, I think I'm going to be out next week in Philadelphia, and I, I don't know if I'm going to wear the Eagles jersey or the Jaguars jersey. Those are two teams I played for, so – so yeah, I got one of those split jerseys, right? Have you seen those before? Split jersey, that would be perfect. But we'll see what happens. I don't know yet what I'm going to wear. Whatever team I wear, I wear the hat of the other one, just to make sure that I'm, uh, you know, that I'm I'm repping both of them. But I, I agree with what you're saying. It's uh, it'll be a good, it'll be a good shot. It'll be a good, you know, it'll be a a message to the NFL that hey, we're not a year behind the Chargers. We're here now. We're here to win the AFC South this year. I don't care if we do have a new system, a new coach, a second-year quarterback. We're going to do it now. The, the future is now, Duval. Hell yeah. Jaguars fans will be fired up to hear that. All right, let's round it out here with bold predictions for this contest. Week three, Jaguars at Chargers. What do you got for me? Bold prediction right here is the Jaguars only give up one sack and Trevor Lawrence has another big day. He throws for over 250 yards, two touchdowns, and the Jaguars win. Jags win. The offensive line holds up against his gritty line. One sack, maybe two, but not getting pressured all game. Doug's going to have a plan for that. Jags win, baby. Let's go. Beautiful. All right, so that's funny that you said about the Jaguars protecting Trevor Lawrence. I have – my bold prediction here, Trayvon Walker getting two sacks, moving around the formation defensively, using these stunts and games up front. I think he's able to have his kind of coming out party, even though, let's face it, interception in week one, sack in week one, forced interception in week two, uh, three more pressures. He's already had his coming out, but I think he's going to be able to, you know, the fans that are out there that don't really dive into the tape, they'll see two sacks and they'll be like, oh, Trayvon Walker is for real. I think that's what's going to happen. I also think you haven't had a really big special teams play yet. Yeah. For the Jaguars, whether it be negative or positive. I think in this game, both of these teams have really good special teams units. I think you will see a play outside of like a field goal that's made or missed. A play where it's like a block or a return or something that has a major impact and changes the game. For one of these two teams, I think there's going to be a special teams play that you look back and you're like, that had a huge impact on this game. Yeah, I think you're right. We haven't seen that. Hopefully Agnew can get a return or, or you know, we could get some um, a big play on special teams by MoMA. Um, yeah. I'm really looking for that too. I mean, they've both been playing well on special teams, so hopefully we get something there. Yeah, so my score prediction, my, my game prediction here, if Herbert is forced to miss – any extended period of time in this game, I'm taking the Jags. Now, if Herbert plays the entire game, I'm taking the Chargers 30-27. to 27. I don't feel great about it. I hate that I'm making a prediction on uh, Friday yeah, when, when there's so heart. much. What'd you say? You got to go with your head, not your heart in these games. Yeah. And, you know, there's just 
so much that's yet to happen, yet to unfold with this game uh, on a Friday because of the injury situation with the Chargers, with Justin Herbert, some of their other players. I just don't know who we're going to be facing, who the Jaguars are going to be up against uh, in this one. So it's interesting. Right now I'm taking the Chargers. Uh, I'm not locking that in right now. Again, if, if Herbert misses any time, I'm taking the Jags. But right now I'm taking the Chargers. I might flip that tomorrow. We'll see. Right now I've got the Chargers winning if Justin Herbert plays the whole game, 30-27. to 27. I mean, hey, the cards are stacked against the, against the Jags. The Chargers have been off Thursday. They've had a lot of time to prepare. You know, they are coming off of a tough loss. They want to get back out there and get a win. Jaguars are coming off of a big win. Everybody's been telling them how great they are. They're going to win the AFC South. So smart money says, let's take the Chargers coming back, getting a win. Jags keep it close. But I'm not smart money. I like to make the tough calls, the tough plays. I'm going Duval 27, Chargers 23. Trevor Lawrence beats Justin Herbert this week. Doug Peterson calls a hell of a game. Mike Caldwell has a good game plan. Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker both get sacked. Herbert can't stop looking at these guys coming off the edge because his ribs are sore. Jags win, baby. Let's go. Let's go indeed. I love it. Let's give these folks a big Duval before we get out of here. All right, one time for the one time. Duval. Beautiful. I'm sure people just love that screaming through their uh, speakers or their headphones. Real Jaguars fans, they do like airplanes. Yep, get you fired up on a Friday here. Thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in. Again, make sure to uh, subscribe and review us on your uh, podcast platform of choice. If you're checking us out on the GinJag YouTube page, leave a like, leave a subscribe, um, and go follow Clay, of course, uh, on Twitter, at ClayHarbs82. He's doing a lot of fun stuff on Twitter, uh, a lot of appearances, you know, local news, CBS Sports, different things. He's getting it going. He's going to be on – he's going to be pregame, right, for the Bears? Bears pregame, CBS Sports, this weekend, Sunday. I know we're talking to the Jags fans here, but if you want to see a little bit about the Chicago Bears this week, tune in to the CBS Sports postgame show, pregame show. You'll see me talking ball. I'll throw yeah, a little everybody's, Jaguars, too. Yeah, everybody's Jags fans here, but they're Clay Harbor fans as well. Big fans of the hosts here. Um, it's been a lot of fun. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're able to do this every week and, and – and just talk some ball. It's been a lot of fun. I'm excited to keep it going. Hopefully the Jaguars can go out and get a dub. But again, follow Clay on Twitter at ClayHarbs82, myself at Jordan DeLugo, and have a great rest of your Friday, Duval. Later, Duval. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.